Welcome back to another edition of the Bowlers Extra podcast here on jconline.com through SoundCloud. Mike Carmen, uh, beat writer for the Purdue men's basketball team. Uh, in the aftermath of Purdue's 70-56 to loss uh, to Nebraska Sunday uh, in Lincoln, uh, en route from Lincoln to Omaha as we record this, and the roads are fine. There was snow earlier today that caused uh, quite the backup on Interstate 80, the main thoroughfare, thoroughfare uh, between Lincoln and Omaha, and it forced uh, me to uh, navigate some new roads in Nebraska that I haven't navigated before and showed up at the game probably 20 minutes before tip-off. That's not normal for me. Uh, so it was a little, uh, it was a little dicey getting to the game because of the overnight snow that fell here in the uh, uh, Nebraska area. Not a lot of snow, but just enough to to cause a big pileup uh, on Interstate 80. And a lot of the fans uh, coming from Omaha probably didn't get into the game until uh, probably late in the first half and early in the second half because uh, of the backup. Well, I, I'm sure Purdue basketball players would prefer we just talk about the backup because what happened uh, today at uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena uh, was was a surprise. Now, maybe not to everyone, but this game was the perfect setup for Purdue. Week off, uh, Nebraska had to play Friday night at Indiana, went overtime, had to travel back, had one day to prepare uh, for Purdue, and and the team with the least amount of time took it to the team with the most amount of time. And Purdue looked lethargic at the start. Uh, its shots were short. Um, just didn't have the same energy that Nebraska had. Didn't match it at all. Uh, and kind of let uh, Nebraska take control of this game you know Purdue you know Nebraska got on front and then Purdue came back and it looked like Purdue was in a position to take a little bit of control of it but continued to miss shots and it just it kind of snowballed they got down at 11 uh, I think they were down 11 I have my score sheet in front of me down 10 or 11 at half got down 15 uh, early in the second half, fought their way back, got within two, but then could not finish the deal. And the inconsistent shooting, uh, this was uh, was something, you know, it's something we've seen before, and it's something that we'll see again. Uh, it's not a surprise that this team kind of is hit and miss offensively. Uh, go back to the Northwestern game where uh, I believe they were 5 of 22 or 23 from three-point range. Tonight they're 6 of 35. Uh, just not really good percentages, but the difference between the Northwestern game, A, being it, it was at Mackey Arena, which helped, uh, B, the opponent, uh, and C, Purdue was able to kind of buckle down defensively, uh, make enough stops, uh, get control of the game, and then needed a kind of a, uh, a short spurt uh, around the 10 to 8 minute mark, minute mark to kind of put the game away uh they never they got within two uh, as we said with about eight minutes to go uh but just could not get over the hump because they're just they're not shooting the ball 
they were not shooting the ball well on this night, or, you know, they decided to jack up threes instead of maybe looking inside. And, you know, that's the one issue I guess I have right now with this team, and um, they seem to be settling for jumpers when they talk about playing inside out. It's emphasized, but then it just it doesn't happen enough. Uh, you know, Travion Williams, they, they couldn't guard him. I mean, it just plain and simple, they just could not guard him. And he got a lot. He got a lot of his baskets off offensive rebounds, uh, second chance points, because uh, he ended up with 10 offensive boards uh, as part of his uh, 16 rebounds. Um, but I, 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 for whatever reason, this team does not look. Uh, inside enough especially when they have the the biggest matchup on the floor and I thought that coming into the game that Travion could have uh, have a big night uh, just because Nebraska didn't have that kind of size they, they could run at him and I mean you end up having a big night but it, you need you need some perimeter help as well uh, you need somebody else to step up and hit you know be consistent with their shots offensively and and I and I think tonight when Purdue shots didn't go down um, it had an effect on what they did on the defensive end Uh, whether those long threes turned into transition baskets for Nebraska uh, and Purdue just not Purdue didn't get back I don't think uh, well enough I think they ended up with 17 fast break points Uh, and then they were slow to get out on the three-point shooters uh, and then, you know, Nebraska spread them out a little bit and was able to get in the paint and uh, have their way inside. Uh, so Purdue was kind of a step slow on both ends, uh, and you know, and that's that's surprising. And this was a this was a game they they needed to win. They should have won, um, and, and they didn't. And now you go to Ohio on Tuesday, and you're probably going to be without Matt Harms, who is in concussion protocol. Uh, he took a took a big hit, landed on the floor hard. Uh, he got uh, he just got himself caught under a player driving to the basket, and he he, he went down hard. And he was woozy, uh, walking off the floor. Matt Painter said he was woozy in the locker room. Even a couple players commented that uh, he really didn't look right. Now he, according to what we were told, he he did get on the team plane. Uh, to fly to Columbus, Ohio, where they were then going to take a bus to Athens, Ohio, which is about an hour away. So he is with the team. He, did, he was able to travel. I think that's a that's a good sign for him that he was able to do that. Now, with the quick turnaround, uh, you're looking at trying to get him pass all the tests uh, within 48 hours. Uh, you know, maybe he can do it. And you also have to remember that uh, he suffered a concussion uh, the first day of practice this year, back in October, and was probably out uh, a week or so. Uh, I think the first day that he was cleared uh, to resume practice was uh, Big Ten Basketball Media Day. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure they practiced that day, but that was the day that he was cleared. Uh, so he was out for a significant amount of time earlier in the year. Um, This, this, you know, we were at practice that first day, and I I think we saw him go down. 
but it wasn't as severe as what we saw Sunday in Lincoln. Uh, so I, I would be right now shocked if he played on Tuesday, and I think Saturday against Butler is probably questionable at best right now. I mean, I, I don't. I'm just I'm just basing it on the uh, off the severity of uh, of of what happened, uh, and you know we'll get a better idea Tuesday uh, leading up to the game, and then after the game, kind of what his status uh, is going to be, but. You know, he, he, you know, I, I don't think it's out of the question. And I'm not trying to be a medical doctor or anything like that. I, I, I just, uh, I'd be, you know, I don't think it's out of the question that he misses the next two games uh, based on the severity that that he hit his head on the floor. Uh, now, he could recover quickly. He could pass the, all the tests and be ready to go by Tuesday for all I know. But... Uh, I'd be I'd be really surprised if he plays Tuesday, um, and then I think Saturday's a little bit in question as well. But uh, we got a few days to figure that one out, and you know, and without Harms, you know, that's what you're going to have to deal with now. Without Harms, Travion Williams becomes your 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 main guy inside, and he's going to have to pull out, log a few more minutes. Um, he's going to have to log a few more minutes. Uh, than, uh, than what he normally does, and then um, we'll see what Painter does uh, in the backup situation, whether they uh, move uh, Evan Boudreau uh, into that spot where he gets a few more minutes, uh, or, or kind of what the lineup, what the, what the lineup is going to look like. Uh, at that point, you know, Matt toyed with the lineup to start the second half tonight. He had Eastern in the game and it looked like, it, you know, it was going to pay off early because he got a he got a steal, then a transition dunk. Uh, kind of gave him a little bit of lift, but then uh, Nebraska came down and kind of stretched their lead. So, uh, you know, a couple things in play for Tuesday now as far as how, how the lineup looks, how the rotation looks inside. Uh, and, you know, Purdue's going to be going into another hostile environment uh, uh, in Athens, Ohio, uh, where, you know, it's it's kind of their game of the year, and Purdue's going to have to be ready. Uh, you, know, I, you know, Matt Painter said this earlier in the year. It says, you know, things, you know, you look awfully good when shots go in, and he's right, but what are you doing when shots are not going in? And I... You know, this was a game, in my opinion, where they they did not do enough in other areas to really help themselves win this game and, and navigate the the missed shots. They didn't turn the ball over a whole lot. They had nine. Uh, this wasn't like Florida State where they had 24. Um, so the, they kept the turnovers down. They won the rebounding battle. Uh, thanks to Travion uh, for doing that because uh, you know Purdue was. Purdue was able to to get a lot of offensive rebounds, but they didn't convert them into into enough second chance points. And there was one stretch in the first half where Harms he had two or three tips at the basket; it wouldn't go down. So he he had his first shot; he had a dunk to start the game, and then missed his next seven. Uh, and that's that's uh, Purdue 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 needs his production inside, and I. 
you know that that's just something that they they got to have. And you know Purdue missed a lot of shots uh, around the rim uh, today. Guys that normally hit uh, didn't. You know, and that's that's going to come and go. But you know I think we're getting a kind of a a better idea of who this team is. You know what they're going to lean on. Uh, and what what's going to happen when their shots don't go? Uh, you know, I thought you know against Northwestern, as I said earlier, they did a lot of other things to kind of help them navigate through that. But tonight they did not. And yeah, credit Nebraska. I mean, they had the quick turnaround. Uh, I'm sure they were uh, a bit gassed during this game. Um, you know, they they went through periods where uh, they they struggled to put the ball in the hole. But Purdue didn't make them pay. You know, I think of the first half, they went through a long stretch where they, at least a four or five minute stretch where they didn't score, but Purdue didn't score either. Purdue didn't stretch out its lead or take advantage of what it had inside with Harms and Williams. And, uh, and you know, Nebraska was able to hang around until they got hot again. And, you know, Cam Mack puts up a triple-double uh, tonight. Uh impressive stat line for him he had a double double against indiana on friday uh so um you know purdue purdue was beaten uh by by a team that 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 played well this weekend and could by make a case that nebraska should be 2-0 in the big 10 to start things uh based on you know what happened uh at indiana so you know but you know i i think Again, we're, we're, we're seeing a little bit more of what Purdue is and what it's going to be. And, you know, they're really going to have some issues on offense. Um, you know, I, I, Nebraska guarded them okay, I thought. I thought Purdue had enough open looks not to be 6 of 35 from 3. Uh, but wait till teams guard them a little bit better. Wait till, wait till teams kind of get into them man-to-man. Uh, and don't let them have some of the spacing that they've been able to enjoy uh, now. Uh, but they'll have nights where they'll be 13 to 25 like they were against Virginia. Uh, and that's just the way I think it's going to be with this team. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying they're going to live and die by the three, uh, but they're going to have nights like tonight and against Northwestern. It's like, okay, what path do you choose to try to win this game? And. You know, I thought Purdue had good looks. They didn't go down, but there were other times where could have worked the ball and got it inside a little bit more. And, uh, and, and, th- and those things, uh, those things will come. But uh, just a, a kind of an awful shooting night for Purdue. They they got up 79 shots. That's a lot of shots uh, in a college basketball game. And but they they shot a really low percentage. And as I mentioned, six to 35 from three. Uh, just not, it's just not going to cut it. And and they they and they walk out of here and they head to Athens, Ohio, with really uh, um, probably their first bad loss against a team that won't make the tournament and that's going to struggle to stay uh, close to 500 in Big Ten play. Uh, you know they've had a nice two-game stretch. You know and you got to remember they were they were beaten soundly by Creighton. Uh, you know, a week ago, and they they bounced they bounced back really well. So credit to Fred Hoiberg and his group for coming out, uh, 
you know, nearly beating Indiana, then beating Purdue to get off to a 2-0 start. But this is not an NCAA tournament team. This is not a team uh, that's going to challenge in the upper half of the Big Ten. You know, eventually their lack of depth uh, and you know lack of other things are going to going to catch up with them. But this is, you know, when you when you start looking at Purdue's losses, you know, Texas, Marquette, um, Florida State, and now Nebraska. You know, Nebraska is one that kind of stands out. And I, I'm not going to say it negates what happened against Virginia, but you get another one of the, one of these or another, you know, two of these you know, losses to the bottom tier of the league than what you did, what you did against Virginia, um, all of a sudden it's not going to count that much. So, and a lot of it just depends what Virginia does going forward, but that's why, you know, Tuesday becomes kind of more important now because you can't, you know, you can't lose to a Mac team on the road and then expect to be treated favorably in March by the NCAA selection committee. Uh, it just does not, uh, you, got, you got enough of those bad losses that um, it really, you know, they, they kind of cancel each other out. So Tuesdays now becomes an increasingly important game. It was going to be an important game regardless. And then you got Butler after that. So Purdue's got to find a way to kind of pull it together here. And you know, kind of manage manage their situation before uh, they 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 go off on Christmas break and then come back uh, to finish out the non-conference season against Central Michigan on uh, December the 28th. Well, uh, appreciate you checking in. Uh, women's basketball lost at South Carolina, 85-49. Uh, that wasn't a surprise. Uh, Purdue got just hammered on the boards. Uh, I think it was 56-28. Uh, Chris McLaughlin had 18, and Odin and uh, Ariana Harris combined for 21. Uh, they had a majority of produced points. I think I figured it up other than Odin, um, Harris, and McLaughlin. The rest of the team was two for 21. Uh, so, I mean, South Carolina is one of the top 10 teams in the country. Uh, a very talented team. So, it really wasn't a surprise that Purdue. Um, went down there uh, and lost. And women's basketball has two games coming up Wednesday and Saturday at home. Both noon starts against Western Kentucky and Bowling Green uh, to, before they disperse for uh, Christmas break. Uh, football got signing day coming up on Wednesday. Uh, a lot of questions about who eventually ends up in Purdue's class. Uh, if you've been following, they've had a couple decommitments over the last few weeks. Uh and there's uh, at least eight guys uh, at last count in the NCAA portal. So they're trying to make some, some room uh, from a uh, scholarship standpoint. And, and we'll see what happens on Wednesday. Uh, you know, that's also the first day of junior college uh, signing for mid-year guys. Uh, Purdue probably needs one or two of those uh, positions filled, whether it be the offensive line, defensive line, or linebacker. You know, those are the, in my opinion, and others share this that that's the that's the main priority there. Uh, trying to get some instant help uh, at those positions. Uh, so you got we got a busy week coming up in uh, Purdue athletics. Uh, hopefully we can uh, uh, we'll.
we'll talk about a little bit after signing day. Uh, and then obviously after the Ohio game Tuesday and then the Butler game on Saturday, kind of wrap up where things stand uh, uh, with the week uh, as we uh, as we move on uh, for Christmas. They have questions, comments, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Carmen underscore JC. You can email, email me at uh, mcarmin, uh, C-A-R-M-I-N at gannett.com. Uh, be happy to answer your questions, uh, field your comments uh, as we uh, as we try to uh, keep this podcast alive and running. I, I wish we had a sponsor, and uh, but that's kind of impossible now with our situation uh, at the uh, at the paper. <laughs> that's it's kind of <laughs> kind of hard to do. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I, I'm gonna get off on an area I should get off on and. Uh, it may not may not end well for me in that, in that regard. But anyway, we appreciate you checking in. Have a good day. Uh, we'll be back later throughout the week, probably with a podcast or two, uh, wrapping up what's going on in, in all the different sports. And we appreciate you checking in. Subscribe. Tell your friends and neighbors uh, to, to hook up. Makes a great uh, stocking stuffer for the holiday season. Until next time, have a good day. And thanks for listening to the Boilers Extra Podcast.